The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guys Guy Radio, and its platforms. It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. Guys Guys Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think, feel, and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. And once again, this week is no different. We've got a terrific guest Returning Guys Guy coming back to Guys Guys Radio, and we're going to talk about dreams and nightmares. And this this past year has been a dream and a nightmare, hasn't it? As have the last three years. So we're going to get into a lot of uh, the symbolisms, the recurring nightmares. Uh, We're going to get into also just basic dream symbolism also. My special guest returned to Guys Guys Radio. His name is J.M. DeBoard. His new book is called Nightmares, Your Guide to Interpreting Your Darkest Dreams. You might might know him from his... uh, he leads the uh, dream practice, if you will, on reddit.com, and he also wrote the Dream Interpretation Dictionary, Symbol Signs and Meanings, uh, demystifying kind of the world of dreams and the dream symbols. And it's interesting with dreams because a lot of times their meanings are contrary to what you would expect. One of the things I really like about J- JM is that he works with people in terms of dream interpretation to help them enable them to be able to interpret their own dreams because every dream and every symbol is different and a lot of it is about context we're going to get into all of that today and more on guys guys radio special guest jm the board so how's everybody doing out there you got through thanksgiving we're rounding the turn towards the end of 2022 another tough year for everybody particularly financially because we had all this inflation and the crazy gas prices and the and the stock market has not really performed well. Once in a while, it's, uh, it shoots up there. But there's a lot of doom and gloom predictions for 2023. I think universally, I've heard from everybody I've read about, whether it's in the kind of the uh, collective agreements on the planet and the, uh, the economy and a lot of other stuff, it's, it's not a pretty picture people are painting for 2023. So really what we have to do individually is work on ourselves. You want to fix the planet? Fix yourself. You want to fix your relationships? Fix yourself. You want to fix your life and everything that goes around you? Fix yourself. So the more time uh, you can spend working on yourself, the better off things will be for you and everybody else. And I think that was one of the, the lessons and the gifts, if you will, forgive me, but uh, coming out of the pandemic was that people had the time to kind of look inside. And a lot of people took advantage of that and are really in a much better position now. But it's not too late to do that. And when we get to the end of the year, end of any year, it's always a good time to kind of look back and say, hey, what did I accomplish this year? Did I really accomplish the goals I set out for myself? What was my New Year's resolution last year? Because the year, you know, those 12 months takes a while. And if you have a resolution, so many of them fall by the wayside, whether it's a gym membership or learning a new language or losing weight or whatever it is. A lot of times we start out fast and then we fizzle out. So think about heading towards 2023, what you want to accomplish with yourself. What are some goals that you have? And what's the mindset you want to have? And get into that now. Don't wait until 2023 to like 
boom, I'm going to go to the gym. Like, start now. Get a head start. Get a run up to it. And uh, uh, trust me, it really works. I remember when I uh, trained for my first marathon, I went out for a run and I was listening to the broadcast of the New York uh, City Marathon on the radio. And while I was running and I said to myself, I'm going to train a whole year for the marathon. Now, marathon training, a lot of times it's just like three months you put through a very tight protocol. I said, you know what? I want to put the foundation of the miles in there. I want a whole year of really leading up to this marathon. And I trained for a year. And you know what? It was a great decision for myself because once I got to the marathon, I was in really, really good shape. I wasn't concerned about not finishing. Um, even though it was, you know, it's 26 miles. I had run the 20 a couple of times. The, the bottom line is I prepared for an entire year. So you don't have to wait until like New Year's to make a resolution for yourself or think about what you want to accomplish next year. So time to get on it is now. And it's also time to really enjoy family and be full of gratitude for the, the things we have. And we have a lot more, each individual person out there, including myself, we have a lot more than we sometimes uh, realize or um, look back on and say, hey, you know what? I've got a roof over my head. I've got warm water. I've got a family. Whatever you have, and everybody has different stuff, there's things to be thankful for. So just keep it in mind. So Guys Guys Radio, we're going to talk about dreams and nightmares today. Our special guest is J.M. DeBoard. So let's get into it right now. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, Guys Guys Radio, we've got a wonderful guest today. We're going to talk about something that everybody experiences out there, and that's called nightmares, dreams and nightmares. My special guest is J.M. DeBoard. He is a dream expert. He wrote that seminal book, The Dream Interpretation Dictionary, Symbols, Signs, and Meanings. He's been on the show a few times in the past. He's one of my early guests beyond the kind of relationship area where Guys Guys Radio began. And I wanted to get JM back here because he's got a new book, and it's called Nightmares, Your Guide to Interpreting Your Darkest Dreams. And we've all had those. I remember as a kid, I had a dream about there was this small entity. It was like a little human being, but he was an adult, but he was small. And he looked like Alfred E. Newman from Mad Magazine. And he would jump up on me in bed and start choking me. And it would paralyze me with fear. And I had that dream about three or four times. And I told my parents about it. And I, I can't recall what they told me. But basically, the next time that happened, I turned the tables and I kind of squashed this uh, entity, if you will, and it never came back again. But as I was reading Jim's book, I could see that these are things that happen to all of us. And Jim has a really cool story that we'll get into about how he was haunted for many, many years, even decades, uh, from a nightmare and from an entity. So let me tell you a little bit about Jim, and we'll get him out here right now. He's a resident dream expert at reddit.com. He's appeared as a featured dream expert, dream interpreter on numerous media programs, including Coast to Coast AM. George Norrie's show, Darkness Radio, The Moore Show, and of course, Guys Guys Radio. He's touched millions with his insights and answers, gaining him international acclaim for his ability to demystify dreams and their interpretation. He's a cool guy. He's coming to us from Arizona. Welcome back to Guys Guys Radio, JM, Jim DeBoard. How are you, Jim? Hey, JM, 
It, it's great, Robert. Thank <laughs> you for uh, having me back on your show and uh, to talk about a subject that I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to. And hopefully we can give them some insight today that the next time they have a nightmare, they will understand what it is and what it's for. What's the message? What's the point of it? Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Um, let's start with dreams. Just for the benefit of everybody out there, just to get a level set, what exactly are dreams and why are they important, Jim? JM? The, the definition of a dream, and it, 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 it ranges from uh, sleep mentation, thought processes that are happening as you're asleep. You'll see that in like uh, the psychiatry of dreams, a very simple definition. Uh, a dream, you could also think of a dream as an experience that you are giving yourself, like a virtual reality that you're creating, which I take that approach probably more than any other. Uh, and then there's also a very simple way of understanding it. When I talk with children about their dreams, they say, well, what's a dream? And I say, well, a dream is like make-believe. It's your imagination running freely as you're asleep, and you're making believe that you're having this experience. It's, it's all happening inside your mind, but you're experiencing it throughout your whole system as if it's really happening. And it's like children playing make-believe. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to understand this spectrum of dreaming because it's not just one thing. There's different types of dream experiences, and it runs from the very simple sort of memory processing dreams to the deeper sorts of emotional processing ones. And then you can get into experiential dreams that seem to tie in with the nature of consciousness itself and why we are alive having this experience, this physical and personal experience of life. So mm -hmm. dreaming is a spectrum of experience. So are all dreams uh, prophetic and packed with meanings or are most dreams and many dreams simply our unconscious mind processing things happening during the day, firing off random responses to our conscious thoughts and our day-to-day -day affairs and concerns? Well, the those dreams are the ones that people tend not to remember, uh, the ones that are just sort of processing your daily experience. As you sleep, you go through stages and they run from uh, non-REM stages that are mostly about emotional and physical, pro or sorry, uh, mental and physical processes that are running at the time. A lot of it is basically pulling things out of memory and then reconsolidating them. You're taking the little bits and pieces of your experience of life day to day and pulling it into the larger structure of who you are. Those are the dreams that happen during REM sleep. Uh, the rapid eye movement sleep, which are the more vivid and deep dreams that are also more meaningful and more memorable. So I have a very simple sort of scale that I use as I go, well, the more memorable a dream is, probably the more important it is. If I can put air quotes around important, because I think there's something to be learned from all dreams, but there are ones, and I know you've had these dreams too. Everyone has had the ones that really impact you that are easy to remember because of that, you know, sort of vividness and intensity of them. And those are the ones that you want to take to someone like me to help you to, or have your own skills to be able to work through it and find out what the, what the meaning and message are. Okay. We, um, I mentioned my dream because the only reason I did, cause it's one of the a handful that I remember. And I spent three years writing down every dream just for my own kind of spiritual unfoldment. If you will, I learned a lot about myself 
But that one went back to when I was a kid. And the reason I mentioned it, JM, is because your path, your journey, and you're so honest and authentic about it in this book uh, called Nightmares, Your Guide to Interpreting Your Darkest Dreams. You had some dark dreams where you had an entity that kind of followed you around for decades. And you took you a while to really uh, conquer that. Tell us about that and how our listeners and viewers can relate to that, because I'm sure a lot of folks out there have had similar experiences. Well, when my uh, publisher, Visible Inc. Press, came to me and said, hey, we'd love for you to write this book. And we have a concept that's about interpreting nightmares. And the first thing I thought to myself is I'm not ready to share the experience that I had. Uh, with a, a particular thing that came into my dream, uh, a nightmare when I was nine years old. And it, to make a long story short about that dream is it was this undead man. He was alive, but he looked like he was dead. He was kind of like a Freddy Krueger uh, kind of looking guy, skin all craggly. He actually looked a lot like the Dark Lord from Star Wars, although that movie had mm -hmm. just come out and it was the late 1970s. I hadn't even, you know, nothing from my memory to pull from to create this image of this man who was just maniacally chasing me around my neighborhood, uh, cornered me. And then the last thing in the dream was me cowering in fear, waiting for him to get me. And his, I knew that what he was going to do was he was going to take my soul. You know, as a kid that age, at nine years old, I didn't even know that's what a soul a big was. That's a big concept you know? for a nine-year-old. It is. And that, that was one of the weird, weird things about that dream that stuck with me was it made me, as my young mind, start to wrap itself around things that were very distinctly adult subjects. So uh, I continued having him in my nightmares. I, I had an experience with a dream analyst where they put me under a regression process to analyze that dream. and. He, uh, it, it turned really unstable and dark and he pulled me out of it. And I was in seventh grade at the time. And I just kind of bounced back and went on with my life throughout my, um, he kind of disappeared for a while, but then during my twenties, uh, he started appearing frequently in my dreams. Oh, wow. And, um, he was the same man and he had this power to be able to make things turn against me in my dreams. Uh, he could kidnap me. He could send funnel clouds. He could turn environments dark and black. He could show up as like a shadowy presence, just full of evil. So um, I, uh, I, I struggled with those nightmares. Uh, and I learned dream interpretation techniques during that in my 20s. And I started gaining the power to be able to become aware of these dreams as I was having them. And then be able to respond, kind of like in your dream when you dealt with that creature, you finally said, well, I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to fight back. And that's what I did one night in a dream. I, his, he sent his minions to come and, and to kidnap me off a street. And I said, no, take me to him. I'm ready for the final battle. And there he was in this office tower. And he was in this glass coffin in the middle of a huge room. And wow. he was uh, just laying there like a vampire. And I came up and I just was filled with just the sight of him filled me with rage. And I started to choke him. And he just looked at me and I could hear his laughter in my mind because he was getting me to feed off my anger. So I what I discovered over time was that this man was a challenge to me to um, become a better human than I would have been otherwise. I call nightmares a calling to greatness. And this comes from my experience and others that I felt people understand their, you know, recurring nightmares that some of them 
I mean, some of them are this sort of existential challenge for you to face the big thing in your life and to, it's kind of a do or die situation. It's the same way that we create special forces soldiers. We put them through these boot camp and and extensive training where we put them in circumstances where it's do or die. And some of them don't make the cut and they end up on, you know, broken. And some of them do make the cut and they become super soldiers or saints. It's the same idea. They endure these incredible ordeals. Um, I finally ended up in a shaman's office in my late 30s after getting a a referral to this guy. His name is Steve Rogat. And um, he took me on a shamanic journey to find out what this man really was. And we ended up in a call it kind of a trans-dimensional space where I confronted him. I found out that he was a real thing, at least energetically, that he was real. Uh, he had an independent existence. He wasn't just existing in my own mind. Um, although I still wonder whether or not that wasn't created by me and the incredible amount of energy that I put into him made, made him real in a way. I can't tell you objectively whether or not he was real. But we did have a final battle where we sent him into the light. The eye of providence appeared above my head. I mean, it was the most intense experience of my life. Was that through a a dream? Did you have a, a, was that through hypnosis or meditation um, or a a dream jam? Well, uh, it was a a shamanic, uh, some people call it shamanic journeying. I had a, a shamanic practitioner who was there who led me into, uh, he was, you know, there was the sound of the beating drum. Uh, he created a ritual atmosphere um, in his office. And he had all these, he's really, he's an energy worker. He's a counselor. He's a professional counselor by day, but he's also a shamanic practitioner and he's been doing it for decades. And um, he used, uh, uh, he basically created space for us to be able to go deep. For me, I would call it into trance. Uh, it was like a, a trance hypnosis, uh, but I was still connected to the physical reality on the one hand. I knew I was in his office in a physical space. Another part of me went to a, another space that was a sort of a mental, spiritual space. And that's where we had the um, uh, the confrontation with him and sent him into the light. And it turned out, Robert, that I had been preparing for this for you know, the previous 20 years with uh, my mentor who talked with me a lot about the mythology of the Star Wars series and how Luke Skywalker's uh, weakness is his anger, which also comes out in the later movies um, or the, uh, the prequel movies. The anger is the way that the dark side gets to you. And he forgiveness is the antidote for anger. And he actually prepared me for that moment because by forgiving this man for all the damage that he'd done to me and to members of my extended family and my ancestors turned out he'd been around for a long time. Um, by forgiving him of that, uh, it was able to free us from all of that and send and allow the light to receive him. I say, send him into the light. Like there's a land, a knockout blow, but this is a, something that comes from the heart and that's not, you don't fight with your fists. You you fight with your heart and allowing things to be able to let go and uh, for those natural processes to run. 
So the, amazing yeah. story. Absolutely amazing. And uh, congratulations on your working through it and being open to the, the work you needed to do there. My special guest on Guys Guys Radio, J.M. The Board, we're talking about his new book, Nightmares, Your Guide to Interpreting Your Darkest Dreams. And certainly that was a series of dark dreams. Do you find, J.M., when you're talking to other people and helping them out, that they have similar experiences or was yours? Uh, it's actually two questions. One is, do other folks have similar experience to yours? And do you think that your experience and maybe theirs come from ancestral lineages, lineage, uh, uh, the lineage where you have things like anger comes down through the DNA and things like that, where we, we have to process, you know, we're part of our past. A lot of people in today's culture, we never, we don't do anything to connect with our ancestors and our past whether it be spiritually or in any way, we just are here now and everybody's so disconnected. I know that's a lot I just threw at you. So again, two-part question, do other people have similar situations and do you think your situation and theirs may be impacted by their ancestors? Well, uh, I told you at the outset that I, I when my publisher said, uh, hey, we want to do a book about nightmares. And my first reaction was, I'm not ready to share my experience. But what changed over time uh, was that I found other people who'd had these experiences. And that's what was the final part of the equation that made me say, I got to share my experience now, um, because I know other people who've had these experiences. And I talk about them a bit in the book. The, the book is set up more like um, kind of an extended dictionary format where you can look up things such as monsters and creatures and dreams, uh, spiritual entities, ghosts, uh, disasters and calamities. And you can zero in, like if you have a particular type of disaster, you know, it's a hurricane in your dream that's coming at you. Well, that's a type of disaster. And there's a reason why a dream might choose a hurricane over something like a, uh, um, a tornado or a tsunami or something like that. But then there's another part of the book that delves more into these, the questions that you ask. And it was because I found that there were other people who were having these experiences and they had no framework for understanding what they were and what they were for. Um, the generational nightmares is something that's more common than most people know. Uh, you have to kind of dig deep into the therapeutic side of dream work to really find many references to it. My friend Linda Schiller is a uh, as a, a psychotherapist who's dealt with this, and she has a book about nightmares out now too. Uh, she's approaches it from the therapeutic side, but she also talks about this sort of the incredible, incredibly energetic uh, experiences of violence, uh, systematic sorts of things like genocide, uh, but warfare too. It creates individual experiences that are very traumatic. And it also creates group experiences, family experiences. Your ancestors might have experienced things that were incredibly violent, traumatic, and energetic that have carried down to you, and you experience them as if you've had, as if you are them. Uh, to give an example, there was a guy who came to Reddit with a dream where he said that he had this recurring dream about a black wave of death that was sweeping over this rural landscape. Jeez. And he said that he was standing, he kind of recognized he's with these people and he's in a kind of a village atmosphere. 
Um, but it's not like medieval times. He just kind of knew it's, you know, okay, it's not totally in the past, but it's not recent. It's not modern. I can look around, I can see these other people, and we're all looking into the distance and we're seeing this black wave of death coming at us. And we just know that we're all about to die. There's nowhere, we can't get away from this thing. And he, I asked him after we went through all the standard ways of interpreting the symbolism of something like that, I finally, I was like, I was at my wit's end with it. And I finally went, did your ancestors experience a black wave of death or terror or something like that? And he said, yeah, they all died in Poland in 1939. And I was like, wow, you know, I was like, do you think that black wave of death could be the Nazi war machine? And it was just an instant click for him. He's like, that's what I've been experiencing. And he couldn't, he didn't have a frame of reference though for it to understand that he was actually reliving the terror of his mm -hmm. ancestors. Um, so because I've run across so many people who have these types of dreams, nightmares, and they don't know what to do with them, they can't interpret them, they seek help and they generally don't find it. I knew that I had to include this as a major feature of my book. Uh, amazing. Just a few questions, JM, about just dreams in general, a couple of a baseline for our listeners out there. Do you find, because you're such an expert, black and white or color? Do most people dream in black and white or color? <laughs> I dream in color exclusively. Yeah. I've never had a black and white dream. And I've heard uh, that a lot days, of people dream in black and white. Yeah. These days, especially, uh, is color. But it used to be the answer to that question, according to studies, used to be that people, a lot of people dreamt in black and white. And the time when it changed was when color was introduced in television. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, Amazing. it's that there was a, a point in time because there, there's there have been studies that have been tracking this for decades, and they found that that switch from black and white to color also occurred around the same time that it happened in um, television. Um, I think that there are one of the reasons why we might dream in black and white is it could be a thematic way, like the same way that a director in a movie would choose black and white. You know, why did you know um, Steven Spielberg choose black and white for Schindler's List? Right. You know, to create, to, to emphasize the starkness of it. Whereas you might have a movie like Transformers that's, you know, very vividly colorful. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason why, you know, the, a director or producer would choose um, color over black and white or vice versa. In the same way you approach your dreams, thinking of why decisions were made. Because there is a whole movie uh, staff production crew that's in the background of your mind that's making these decisions about where to set the scenes, about what characters to put in them, the actions to play out, the symbols and objects and things to put in it, the way that things are colored, the tone and the atmosphere. You know, uh, these are all decisions that are being made behind the scenes. And in my method of dream analysis, we put a, a lot of emphasis on understanding the construction of a dream, the same way that a movie is made so that you can get insights into it and you can understand the mind, the thing going on behind the curtain that's helping, that's that's creating the dream. If you can understand the mind that creates dreams, it will help you immensely with understanding the content of your dream. Okay, another symbol that seems to come up uh, frequently in dreams, and I've heard about this and it's food. My spiritual enfoldment teacher told me, be very careful about taking in food when you're dreaming, because it could be entities trying to put something in you or, or whatever. What, was your, what is your sense and what have you learned and what do you teach about 
the, the role of food in dreams and consumption? Well, the first thing um, is that the body has um, a, it communicates to you a lot during dreams. Um, it's the most common type of dream is one that's body-based or physically based. There's a lot that's going on where your body is sending messages to the mind and there's decision-making processes that are going on. Uh, there used to be an old parlor game, which was uh, um, you would take a dream and try to figure out what you ate the previous day that caused the weird or surreal imagery in the dream. So, you know, maybe that bad hamburger turns into the image of cows chasing you down the road trying to, mm. you know, attack <laughs> you, you know, because hamburger cows, you know. Sure. Um, but there's are other t there are dreams that go deeper with this, and most of mine, when they reference food, have to do with the things that I take into me in the personal sense: knowledge, information, opinions, uh, and it, it, emotions. We are said to absorb emotions. Well, how does a dream translate that into an, an image? It, it's it's. It can use food because we consume food and we take it into us. And the dream needs to create a metaphor to talk about the things that we take into ourselves. But also sometimes dreams can tell us things like through food, like what would be a good food for your body to eat? There's reasons why we have things like cravings is because the it's one reason why we have cravings is the body is telling us that it needs something. You suddenly have a weird craving for pistachios. And there's some kind of mineral in them that is abundant and your body knows it. So it had you dreaming about pistachios. That would be the first thing if I had a dream about food. When I have a dream about food, it's one of the first things that I consider. But I'll give you an example. I've had a recurring dream about eating pizzas. And people go, yeah, well, you know, you eat a lot of pizza. It's going to probably show up in your dreams, you know. But a pizza as a circular object represents the idea of wholeness. And when I'm doing uh, my personal practices that help me to feel like a, a larger, more complete person who's being nourished. I'm nourishing my spirit, nourishing my heart, uh, my mind. Then my dreams tend to show it to me in the form of a pizza. Um, pizzas can be healthy and good for you, of course, but there's also that round shape. Uh, in Jungian psychology in particular, we look at things like shapes like circles, triangles, and squares when they appear in dreams. Um, as as the mind's way of representing something that's a deeper idea. So a pepperoni pizza is a circle within a circle, mm -hmm. which is also known as a mandala. And a mandala is an image that's been used in meditation techniques going back thousands of years for a person to find their way through their own mind to the center or core of their own being. So the pepperoni on the pizza is the core, and then it's a circle within a circle. Took me years to figure it out, but I would dream about it all the time. I could look in my journal and be like, damn, how many pepperoni pizzas am I going to eat? <laughs> you know? So I actually found that appears kind of nonsensical at first, but once you realize that the dreaming mind speaks in symbols and you study symbology, then it really starts to make a lot more sense. And I teach symbolism as one of the major core features of my teachings about dreams so that these shapes that appear you it's more better understandable okay my special guest on guys guys radio is jim jm the board nightmares your guide to interpreting your darkest dreams jm um you break the book into four core areas monsters violence disasters and illnesses amongst other things but those are 
two, four sections, if you will, in the book, and there's a lot of subsections within them. How did you deter- determine, excuse me, which categories to build into this? Uh, uh, through experience with my own dreams, and especially as a moderator at Reddit Dreams, uh, a lot of people won't know what Reddit Dreams is. Uh, go to dreams.reddit.com. Uh, Reddit, very large social media site. Uh, uh, so a lot of people know about that, but they maybe don't know that we have the most popular online home for dream sharing is at Reddit, and it's r slash dreams in Reddit speak. That's how we would, we would call it, r dreams. Um, and I've been a moderator there. I've been a member of the community uh, since 2009. I've been a moderator since 2012, and I've been leading the community since about 2013 or 14. So we're we're adding up 14 years here of experience with seeing thousands and thousands of dreams, going through the content of them, working with people on them, and then seeing where we go from there. It's been my training ground, and it's also my place where I can funnel my teaching into and see how it feeds back to me. And part of that feedback was, what do people dream about when they have nightmares? You know, for some people, monsters are frequent. They'll dream about vampires and werewolves and the classic sort of movie monsters. But for other people, that might never appear in a dream or a nightmare for them. And they might dream about something just like a black shadow or something like that, that it's not a real distinguishable thing. So I wanted to take what were the most common symbols from dreams, classify and group them, and then basically run through them one by one and show you how I, if I was working with someone at Reddit or as a client in DreamWork, you know, in a more one-on-one type of setting, how would I approach helping them to understand their dream? That's one of the big tricky things about helping people with their dreams is I'm not here to interpret your dream. I'm here to help you interpret your own dream. I need to give you the information to help you to work through it yourself. So that's the approach I take in the book. This is basically condensing down, you know, 13, 14 years of online interaction plus 20 some years of study before I ever went public with this stuff. And I'm condensing it down and making it very easily accessible in the book. So when uh, for the average person, they want to start to learn how to do the job, to do the work. Um, in terms of interpreting their own dreams, what are the steps they should take? I know I keep a notebook by my bed. I did that for the years that I, I every night I would wake up and write down the dreams. Now I only do it if I have a, a significant, what I feel is a significant dream. And what I find is by writing it down, even if it, it seems like gibberish because it's in the middle of the night, I'm in the dark, the process of writing it down forces me to re- recollect everything that I could out of the dream and remember more of it before the kind of the veil goes down, if you will. Talk to us, JM, about what people can do to start on their kind of dream tracking and researching process so they can help themselves interpret their dreams. Well, they, you've hit the number one thing on the head is you, is you need to track the dreams by recording them. You can write it down like I do. I have notebooks full of dreams that I've collected over the years. Um, and then or there's other people who prefer to use like a recording app on their phone. Uh, there, there are several really good ones available that you can just pick up your phone, uh, click a button or two and start recording the dream. Um, 
And so this is it does a couple of things for you. One is it gives you data to look at over time. It helps you to better uh, recollect the dream or recollect, which I kind of like that idea. You're recollecting it. You're pulling the pieces back together again as you write it down. Uh, th that's a very therapeutic process that can happen. You don't even have to understand the content of the dream. Simply working on it in that way is very valuable. But if you want to get deeper into it, once you've written it down with as much detail as you can remember, now you start to go through it and you look at, well, what was what was I feeling as I was going through the dream, as I was experiencing it? The dream is an experience that you've given yourself in this virtual reality. So you think of it that way, the same way as you would go, how did I feel over Thanksgiving when I saw that family member I hadn't seen in a long time? Your dream translates it into seeing an old friend. You know, it, it doesn't show it directly, but it, it's taking the feelings and it's making connections between them. So you can really feel your way through a dream and you don't necessarily have to get deep into analysis. But then if you want to start using some deeper tools, I teach that in my book too. One is to translate symbolism. Uh, symbolism is a language of stringing together symbols and putting them into a context. The context is the scene that's set. You know, you're thinking of it as a movie. This is a movie set. There's a stage. There's action that plays out. And you want to be able to understand it. Well, there's been choices that have been made about all of that. The particular setting that you're in is a choice that's been made. The characters that are there and the roles that they are given. Again, choices that are made behind the scenes to help you to have an experience. So you can go through that piece by piece and step by step. I want to mention to your viewers uh, and listeners, I have a website, dreams123.com, that is an, an entire book that I was going to publish and it just didn't fit with what was going on at the time. So I decided I got all this content. I have this domain. Let's put it all there. And I can teach you my three simple facts and three simple steps about dream interpretation. It'll take you about 15 minutes to be able to kind of wrap your mind around my process and then start up using it. You can wake up tomorrow and have a systematic step-by-step -step process for interpreting your dreams. Now, it's not to say that you're going to be able to learn everything about the dream right off the bat, right off the bat. I find that a lot of dreams take time and you have to continue to work with them. So, Robert, the thing that I would add to your what you've been doing already is I would say periodically go back and review your dream journal mm -hmm. because time has passed enough for you to maybe be able to understand a dream better than you did before. And here's the most important thing that I teach. You know what your dreams mean already. And the reason why is because you created your dreams. It's unconscious. It's subconscious. It's deep down in the mind, but it's still happening within your own mind. It is information and knowledge that is accessible to you if you can get deeper than the surface level and pull, go down in there and pull up what is going on behind the scenes that is actually part of this creation process of the dream. Subconsciously, you know what your dreams mean. So now when you interpret a dream, what it means is, is that you are trying to remember what you already know. It's like when a word is on the tip of your tongue and you're like, oh, what was that? You know, or that person I saw, you know, who was a part of a memory and I'm trying to pick up their name and you're going, well, what was that? It's kind of the same process with a dream. You're going, what did I really intend by this? What was the message I was trying to send myself? And you're going deep within yourself to try to pull it up. 
So you're trying to remember something that you do already know. A very important distinction. Fantastic advice because uh, you're really what we want to do is be enabled so we can interpret our own dreams because we can't be coming to you all the time. (laughs) So thank you for providing the tools for for us. So there's a fine line, it seems like there's a fine line between a dream and a nightmare. And your book is about nightmares and a lot of it is about uh, symbolism. And there's actually physical manifestations of monsters and aliens and goblins and all kinds of stuff like that. But sometimes we have dreams that are kind of borderline. They they create, instigate fear in us, but they might yeah. not be a classical nightmare. For instance, we're being chased or we die in a dream. What are what and I think those are pretty, pretty common. What what are those, what do they mean directionally, Jay? I'm understanding that every dream is different for every person in terms of meaning. Well, and thank you for pointing that out because every dream is different and you can have the same thing the same imagery appear in the dreams of 10 different people and it means 10 different things. So this is important uh, to to start off with that understanding. But there are certain meanings that kind of run through from dream to dream, from person to person that will have commonalities. And one of them is like the chase dream. The first thing that I go to in my own mind is if there's a dream about being chased, I ask, what won't you face? What's the thing that has you on the run that is you just can't deal with it? So there's other things, you know, like it, it, it could be in the, it could be a nightmare for you. It's a subjective experience. And if you say it's a nightmare, then that means that there was a real energetic and emotional charge to it where somebody else could dream about being chased by a balloon. You know, and it means something very different than being chased by a black shadow or a tornado or something like that. The dream is choosing the imagery based on the subjective level of emotion. In some cases, you might say it's fear. Uh, A lot of nightmares, it's basically it's the fear that's chasing you. Are you do you have a fear of embarrassment, fear of facing the thing that you did in the past that you refuse to think about? Fear of pursuing the things that you really want. That is a big one that appears a lot in dreams. It takes a dark form, a fearful thing in the dream, but it's just an image wrapped over an idea. And this it's subjectively portrayed to you. So for one person who's not pursuing their dreams, and it's not something that is a very that's not charged with emotion. That could be something like there's a dog following them in a dream. But for another person who's really charged up because of this, that could be something like the worst monster you've ever seen, and it's pursuing them relentlessly. There's a lot of subjectivity to the way that dreams portray things. So we had Chase, and what was the second one? Death. Death. um, Dying in a dream. And that's a good one, because that could be a number. That could be, I guess, the death of an emotion or this or that, or it doesn't have to be. You know, if you see yourself dying or feel yourself dying in a dream, it could be different than seeing somebody else deceased or whatever. But that's as a concept. What's what's your take on that from a broad stroke perspective? Obviously, I tell you, boy, there's a lot of people at Reddit who perking up right now at Reddit dreams because they've died a lot in their dreams. (laughs) And it usually indicates that there's this is the most common meaning that I found behind those dreams is that there is a need for a person to change. And they're not able to do it themselves. The as we go through our uh, as we mature, as we go through the stages of life, if we are unable to let go of the past and who we were, it starts to create dysfunction in our lives. 
we need to be able to allow to kind of flow through our lives. And, but we can hold on to things that then, you know, it starts causing problems, starts causing dysfunction. And the worse that it gets and the longer it goes on, the more intense the dreams tend to be in relation to it. And then when it gets really chronic and bad, and I find this a lot with people who are, they're unable to let go of their sort of teenage phase of their life and then go on to the first adult stage of their life. They get stuck in that gray zone. And the longer that they're there, the more intense their dreams will be. And they will have dreams where they are straight up executed. They're just going about whatever they're doing. And then here it comes, you know, the terrorist, the violent gunman, the executioner, you know, the the active shooter. And they'll have these dreams repeatedly and they die in the dreams. And it's usually because there's something about them that needs to change. But I also find that we all have a relationship with that. Because it's something that is going to happen for all uh, to all of us with uh, for you might even say it happens for us. It depends on how you view death. Okay. This is something that we all have to contend with. Let, and let me, there comes ahead, a point when we the dreams will help us to do that, and we will actually experience death in a dream to help us to confront the fact that it's going to happen, and to maybe get our butts moving. So that we live the lives that we really want to live before that day comes. Okay, J.M. DeBoard, the special uh, that's my special guest on GGR Nightmares, your guide to interpreting your darkest dreams. Uh, the the topic we're talking about is death and dreams. That brings me to seeing deceased friends or relatives. Yeah. Uh, I know it's happened for me. My dad passed about three years ago. He came to me in a dream. He looked like the best version of himself. He had his V-neck pastel blue sweater on i looked at him and he said yeah it's me and um it was just letting me he was just in this instance he was just letting me know that he was he still existed but in a different form and i could kind of tell and he spoke to me telepathically that it seemed like when you're trans when you do the transition your frequency is different and to jam yourself into the physical form is takes some effort. And I think that's why um, we get electrical charges and things like that. When we get contacted from people who have crossed over, talk yeah. to us about that, JM. This was one that was, I was asked about a lot when I first went public as a, a dream expert. And I, I had to do a crash course for myself. It ended up in an article that I wrote about how to tell the difference between a visitation dream that's actual spiritual contact and one that is using the image of your deceased loved one, friend, whatever, um, as part of a story. It's a character playing a role. And the first thing you'll note about characters playing a role is, is that they tend to be one-dimensional. They have a script and they follow it, they stick to it. There's not a real strong sense of presence coming from them. Um, but with dreams that are visitations, and we have to get past the whole belief part of this, because I, I know there's people who are going, it's impossible for that to happen because once you die, that's it. You're gone, you're warm food, there's nothing more. Some of us know that that's a fallacy and that um, there is an existence beyond the physical body. And that in dreams, you can have um, experiences of contact with your loved ones, like you did with your father. And it checked off several of the boxes that I look for. One is, is the person in their prime or not? If they look like they did when they died, it is not a visitation dream. Like if they were sick and died of some illness and they, 
you know, or they were in an accident and their body was all broken up and they come to you looking like that in a dream. Uh-uh. The other thing is, is if they come to you with guilt trips or anger or sadness or something like that, uh-uh, that is not a visitation. That's not how that is not their existence in the in spiritual form. So that is not the way that they're going to come to you in your dream. What they will come to you is it will look like they are in their prime of life. Uh, they will have a distinct energy and presence to them. You can look in their eyes and you can see the person that you love and that you know, and that they will speak to you without words. In other words, telepathically. I didn't even have to prompt you on that. And you told me, and if I was the person, if you came to me and said, was that really my father? The first, what I would say is you need to interpret whether or not it was your father sure. for yourself. But I, as an, a dream interpreter can tell you that it checks a lot of the boxes mm-hmm. that dreams that are actual visitation, spiritual presence, as opposed to a dream that's just kind of a story, a drama that's working through issues related to the loss of that person in your life. Got it. So much more. The name of the book, once again, (laughs) Nightmares, Your Guide to Interpreting Your Darkest Dreams. My special guest, J.M. DeBoard, you truly are a dream expert. Thank you so much for coming back to Guys Guys Radio. We'll see you again. Tell everybody your website, and we'll uh, take it from there. J-M-D-E-B-O-R-D, jmdeboard.com. Start there. You can get to my online classes, my books, uh, and uh, all the different ways that we can connect. Uh, You can start there at my website. Great. All right. Thank you so much, J.M. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Robert. Thanks for having me on your show. There's never been a better time for men to be whoever they want to be, yet it's never been less clear who men really are. Guys Guy Radio, starring author Robert Manny, is on KCAA every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Whether it's relationships, sex, wellness, or spirituality, join Robert as he interviews the experts about how men and women can be at their best. Guys Guy Radio, better men, better world. It's Guys Guy Radio. Terrific conversation once again with the eloquent J.M. DeBoard. I really like him. He's a good guy and he's really studied uh, dreams and he takes his work seriously and I respect him a lot. He's doing great, great stuff out there. And uh, so thank you, J.M. DeBoard. So what do we learn about nightmares and dreams and your darkest dreams? And I think we learned a lot. Uh, but the biggest takeaway is that what J.M. teaches is he helps people enable themselves to really work on their own dream interpretation, because ultimately it is your subconscious that's kind of guiding you and giving you some messages. So if you work with all the symbolism and some of the different meanings that Jim points out, J.M. points out in his books, that's one thing. But ultimately, you have to put it into the context of your own life. And what do you think that dream is meant to be teaching you? And a lot of times when we go inside and ask ourselves about that, we get a much better insight than just turning it over to some somebody else to tell us what it means. And it's the same thing with living our lives. You know, ultimately, we have to make the decisions. We have to determine what the messages are that we get. And we have to determine how we're going to behave and how we're going to move forward. So I like the fact that JM helps people enable themselves so they can do their own dream interpretation. Once again, this book's about nightmares, your guide to interpreting your darkest dreams. JM DeBoard, thanks for being on Guys Guys Radio. So you can catch me, Robert Manny, on Guys Guys Radio here on KCAA Radio in Southern California 
on Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 106.5 FM, 10.50 a.m. The podcast on my YouTube and Rumble post worldwide every Thursday. The Terrestrial Radio Show on KCAA uh, is rebroadcast every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. And you can also, you can listen live, you can stream, you can download, whether it's with KCAA, whether it's through all the platforms that our podcast, our Guys Guys Radio podcast is on. If you want to watch the interview, go to uh, YouTube or Rumble. I would ask you if you enjoy the content and guests I bring you each and every week to the show, please support us by subscribing. Subscribe to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to my YouTube channel. It makes a difference. And you know, I'm offering all this stuff, all this content, all these thought leaders, the 700 people that I've interviewed over the last couple of years to bring to Guys Guys Radio information to help everybody out there. All I ask is that you subscribe and support the work. You can also catch me, Robert Manny, on my website, robertmanny, M-A-N-N-I.com. I got only over 300 blog posts about life, love, the pursuit of happiness. And also you can download three free chapters of my novel. It's a rom-com. It's called The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. It's really the source material for everything Guy's Guy. It's a peek into the world of, behind a curtain, into the world of men. Uh, from a male perspective, and it's been called The Male Successor to Sex in the City. So thanks for your support. It's a good stocking stuffer. It's a rom-com, but it's about something. I think you'll really enjoy the book. Check out the reviews on Amazon, but check out the three free chapters. Okay, that's it for this week. I want to thank all the wonderful guests I've talked to over the years. I want to thank my terrific producer, Chris, who always has my back. And most of all, I want to thank you, our growing audience worldwide, We've got more announcements to come up over the next couple of weeks in terms of additional platforms from Guys Guys Radio. But until then, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll see you see you next week. And as I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. <laughs>